Hello and welcome to Philly and the Over, a brand new Philadelphia-based sports gambling podcast brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network. I'm Joe Simonera. I'm joined by Shane Curran. Shane, tell us what's on tap for today. NFL Divisional Weekend, the Shane Train. All right, time to cash in. All right, Shane, we are down to eight teams. Divisional weekend coming up. We have some really interesting matchups, some great games. Um, you know, last last week the wild card round uh, was was just just awesome. I mean, there were just insane games. That Jacksonville game was was crazy. We had some upsets. We had some uh, uh, we had some teams really show they they have a chance of winning it all. So let's uh, let's dive into the divisional round, which I think is going to be equally as great. Um, and our first game Saturday, four thirty, Jacksonville. At Kansas City, the Chiefs are eight and a half point favorites at home. Shane, what are your thoughts on the game? First off, uh, if we have locks, we will give you locks. We're also going to look into the totals of, of every game. We're going to give our prediction of you know who will think will win outright. But Shane, what are your what are your uh, initial thoughts on the Jaguars Chiefs game? Well, I think it it starts by talking about last week what happened <laughs> against yeah. the Chargers, right? Yeah. Because crazy twenty seven to nothing in the first half. Four interceptions, was it, right, for for Lawrence? He threw four in the uh, first half. Yep. Oh, in the first half. Now, going into halftime, I believe they scored seven points, uh, touchdown, right before half. They, they did. Okay. Um, still, now, now you're down 27-7. Correct. And throughout the rest of the game, the defense really stood up. So right. they're capable of making adjustments on the defensive end because they only left three points uh, from, from that point on, while peppering on uh, that score every single time yeah. down the field. And, you know, I think, uh, I think first off credit to Peterson for keeping the team calm and, yeah. and, and really carrying on because, yep. you know, there's, there's a lot of ways that could have gone and being down as a young team by 20 points at halftime, you know, I'm sure the message wasn't that I'm sure the message was we're down 20 and we had four turnovers. Let's not turn the ball over and we'll be right back yep. in this. Yeah. And yep. you know, that's what they did. It was it was an incredible comeback. It was exciting to watch. And I'm happy for I'm happy for Pearson as as an Eagles fan. Do you think a less experienced well, I mean, these guys are the NFL coaches. I can't imagine somebody would do it, but was there any thought of saying like let's get let's get Lawrence out of this game? Let's try something else. I mean, four picks to stick with them through through that. I mean, you're saying, well, he's our best bet, or we're just gonna go down with the ship and he might throw. I mean, I think if the guy got to five, six picks, he, you have to eventually take him out. Yeah, I, I don't think that was ever four interceptions and, and a half is. Incredible. I don't think that was ever in question because not all of them were his fault. He did have a that's correct. He yes. had a very bad, a very bad interception. I, I, uh, but I, I, I believe I, the first one was tipped by two guys before it got picked off. Yeah. Um, ultimately, as a young quarterback, I mean, you, you can't just—it's his second year in the league. He was a number one overall pick. You can't just be looking at this year, even though. You know, I think they're ahead of where they plan to be, and a lot of it's because Tennessee's collapsed down the stretch there. But yeah. they're not playing just for this week; they're playing for his career and his future. And by doing that, you have to give him a leash, and that leash for him to, um, you know, make those mistakes and come back. Granted, th- say they pull him, and they lose the game. What's the story yeah. on into next year? Completely different from, yeah, hey, absolutely. this guy has right. his battle right. wounds now and he's able to overcome it. Yep. I mean, it was just such a great learning moment for him. Um, you know, that that's a victory in itself for this postseason. Yeah. And whatever happened, well, you know, I think so so the so the timeline of this for 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 me personally, I I was at a a birthday party and the first half is going on, it's sort of on a TV. I'm kind of half paying attention. Um 
I realize just going through my phone, like, wait, this score is insane. It was, you know, whatever it was, 20 to nothing at one point. I'm just like, what's going on? I look at Lawrence and he's he's throwing he threw three picks at that point. Then he throws another one. And so now we're talking like it's 27 nothing. And I'm just like, oh my God. And this is one of my locks. I had the Jags plus two and a half. So I leave this party just around halftime and I saw they score. So now I'm saying, all right, well, the Chargers get the ball back. And I think right before I got home, the last thing that happened was they got to stop on that initial drive of the third. So I'm thinking like, all right, if they score here, you know, you're in a 13 point game and that's, you know, it, it's a challenge, but it's, it's possible. But like you said, the defense just stepped up in such a big way for them that, you know, Lawrence obviously just clicked and they're, they're playing, you know, really good offensively and kind of what you would have expected, at least what I expected the whole game, but he clicks, the defense plays well. And it just, it just, you know, it kept snowballing, kept snowballing. And then you get to a point where it's like, even when they were down, I, I forget, whatever it was, I was like, they're, they're going to win this game. Like they're absolutely yeah. going to win this, 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 this game. It was, it was crazy, but you're right. I think a lot of the credit has to go to Doug Peterson. I, the guys, especially just a, a having the momentum coach. and feeling out the game to go for two on that touchdown yep. late. Yep. I think that that just instills so much confidence in his team. And, you know, I think that's, it's everything that Staley is trying to be right. He's trying to be this, yeah. this guy who makes the right call on fourth down. And he just hasn't been that. And throughout Doug Pearson's career, I mean, we saw in Philadelphia, he just always tends to, uh, you know, do it at the right the right moment. And I think a lot of it just comes down to momentum, right? He yep. can, can sort of ride the waves of the game. Yep. No, agreed 100%. Um, so let me ask you this then, Shane. How do you, where, where do you fall on teams coming off of these incredibly, uh, you know, emotional, hard-fought victories going into the next game? Do you think that there's there's any truth behind they come out flat or, or what do you think happens here? I think they can. Uh especially for for a young team like this mm. it's also i think again having a veteran coach in there that that lets them bask in you know in the celebration in the moment for yeah for right. a little while and then and then right. gets them refocused quickly i think pearson's capable of doing that and you know their their task at hand is is the chiefs who i i feel like are are being overlooked in the playoffs at this point is it just because <laughs> of the bye week I, I don't know is it because of the bills and and uh the bengals uh uh, game that happened or lack thereof a game that happened two weeks ago. Yeah. I don't know, but the chiefs are being overlooked right now. And you know, this is an eight and a half point line. That's a, that's a large line for a divisional, uh, oh, yeah. a divisional round. Yeah. Do, do you have a play on this? I do. I'm a lock. Yeah, I do. All right. What do we got? I'm going to lock up the Jags at eight and a half. All right. And you know, the main reason for this is coming down to coaching. Uh, it's a combination actually of coaching and uh, the chiefs really don't tend to blow teams out. So whenever there are these large favorites like this, uh, they, for whatever reason, they, they don't cover these spreads. They're much better when they're a short uh, favorite. So uh, that being said, Mahomes in his lifetime as a postseason uh, in his postseason career is 11 and three, and he's averaging 324 points per game so he scores in the playoffs if you remember yeah. the past couple of years though they tend to fall behind early and then just turn it on the second half um peterson however is also six and zero against the spread as a postseason underdog and that includes five and one straight up now a lot of those came uh with the eagles when they were underdogs that entire postseason uh but as a head coach he's he's pretty good and, and good at, at rallying his guys uh we mentioned that the jags defense seemed to be able to make the right adjustments um, you know, Peterson and Reed know each other well. I think the fact that the Jags were able to come back last week, they're not going to count themselves out of it at all. And I, I expect a backdoor cover here. 
Yeah, I, I'm. It's gonna be a stay away for me. I, although I do, I do think this is a, a high scoring game. The the total is set at fifty three points, which is which is quite a few points, and that would really lead me to believe that I, I you know, this could be a a, a close game. Um, ultimately, though, I'm gonna stay away from. I think both. I'm gonna stay away from everything in this game. I think because I, I am a believer in you know coming off of just such a crazy win, and uh, you know you're you're. Like you said, you're kind of basking in it. I, I think that that you can get jumped by teams, and and Patrick Mahomes has been there, done on that. Um, Andy Reid been there, done that. I think that you're right. People are sleeping on the Chiefs. I I, I think that they make a statement in this game. Um, I mean, I I just I, we'll get to it later. But watching a lot of games this past weekend, uh, good teams. I just said, oh man, the Eagles are a lot better than a lot of these teams, and the Chiefs <laughs> are a lot better than most of the teams that we're playing. Like, uh, yeah. So I mean. We'll get into it, but but I mean, I just think that those two are, are really on a collision course. So um, I'm going to pick the Chiefs to win the game outright, but I'm going to stay away from uh, from this. Uh, Shane, Chiefs outright? Chiefs outright. Jags points. All right. All right. Moving on. Let's get to the home team, the Birds. We have the Eagles at home versus the Giants. The Eagles are seven and a half point favorites at the link Saturday night, 8-15. Shane, your thoughts? <sighs> All right, Hertz is back. The Eagles, 14-1 under Hertz, right? They have not looked good over the past few weeks. Um, I think a lot of what we saw out of the Giants last week against Minnesota can really be chalked up to Minnesota's defense is atrocious. Yeah, The Eagles' defense <laughs> is significantly better, and I, I simply don't expect Daniel Jones to be able to run for seven yards whenever he wants. There was points of that game where he hit the ball and, you know, he'd swing it out to Barkley or he'd have one of those, like, crossing patterns, and there just wouldn't be a defender for a whole third of the field. Like, yeah. I don't know what type of defense the Vikings were even playing, but but it was not working, and I, I don't see the Eagles coming out that flat on defense. Jones ran 17 times. He ran 17 times. I think he had 78 yards or something. That's that's not happening. I, I don't know where. I understand it's been an exciting season for the Giants, but I mean, you know, I'm, I'm watching something this morning and they're talking about Isaiah Hodgins as though he's Randy Moss. Like, look at the coaching staff. Uh, Wink Martindale is is going to shut down the Eagles' offense. Those th- those players on the, the Kayvon Thibodeau is is going to shut down the Eagles' offense. Uh, Isaiah Hodgins is going to dominate the Eagles' defense. Like none of this makes any sense. I actually it, think it, this it, line is is significantly higher than I thought it would be. I think there's a reason for it. And I yeah, think the Eagles are I, that much better. I know, just, when I, when I, I first saw this, I I lean toward the the Giants just because it's a lot of points and it's a team that's that's seen the Eagles twice already. Right. So they, they yeah. sort of know what they're going to run. But seven and a half, that really jumped out to me as 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 too many points almost. I yeah. I, and, and and the other the other thing that that Vegas uh, knows and which I'm factoring in is uh, Jalen Hurts has the healthiest shoulder in the NFL right now. This is all this is all smoke and mirrors. There's there's absolutely zero concern. And people are saying like, oh, well, they didn't they didn't have one design QB run in, in you know, the last game of the regular season against the Giants. And it's like, well, why do you think that is? Yeah, we're going to beat you. We're going to go to the playoffs. We, we, we're going to get the one seed. We're not going to show you anything. We know we might we might end up playing you. We're not going to show you anything, and we're not going to risk any, you know, any kind of injury to him. Not, you know, we're not going to risk Jalen Hurts getting a concussion. We're not going to risk Jalen Hurts twisting his ankle. Like you're just not going to risk that in that game. So this is going to be a totally different thing. And the Eagles are going to just just smoke them. I'm taking I'm taking locking it up. The Eagles minus seven and a half, and I'm going under forty eight. I think we're looking at like maybe a twenty seven to seven type game here. 
So the first two games, uh, the Eagles first beat them 48 to 22. And then the last game of the season, uh, Giants wrestling a lot of their players, Eagles won 22 to 16. I think the big story here is going to be similar to, I I believe it's the Chicago game. Uh, the Eagles just ran the ball all, all over the place. Right. So the, the Eagles, uh, right now are fifth in the league in rushing yards, whereas the Giants defense is 27th against the run. So I don't even know if you're going to see anything too fancy. I think it just might be a ground and pound saying our offensive line is better than yours and we can get four or five yards each play. And just like you, like you mentioned, that would obviously tend toward the under, uh, the, the Giants, however, Getting seven and a half points right here throughout the regular season and into the postseason are the best team against the spread in the league. They're 14 and four. So mm-hmm. they've been count out throughout the entire year. And, and you know, Dabble has them at least keeping the games competitive. Yeah, I I, I just don't. I mean, I, I went back and forth on this a lot. And I, I do agree with you. I think the line was a little bit higher than I thought it was going to be. Um, but but that being said, when I just when I just look at the talent on on each side, I, I just think the Eagles just have more talent. Look, I, I love Saquon Barkley, but the second half of the season, he's not the guy he was when he was leading the league in rushing the first half of the season. I, against the Vikings, I think he had he had a couple nice runs, but I, I remember um, I'm like during that game, I'm putting the baby to bed. And I'm just looking at my phone and I'm just looking at, you know, like ESPN or whatever. And I just catch my eye that, oh, wait, the leading rush in this game is Daniel Jones. <laughs> That, yeah. I mean, that's not just not going to happen against the Eagles. And, and Barkley, you know, can do his damage, but I, I, I just think the Eagles are able to contain him. I think they're able to contain Jones. Uh, I, I just think you see a lot of three and outs. I, I think the Eagles' defense is is really, you know, uh, healthy, uh, ready to go. And you know, this is a really a healthy Eagles team. You know, all things considered, um, coming into this game. So I'm taking the Eagles big in this game. And a um, you know, I, I don't think the Giants score a lot of points. So I'm also confident in you know taking laying that you know, large line and also taking the under in this game. Yeah. I think the other thing that cold, that you cold night at, too, you get to the fourth quarter, it's a blowout. No, you're, you're hitting that under. Yeah. The, the other thing to look at is the, the Eagles, you know, you mentioned who was it? H- Hodgins. Hodgins. Um, you know, they have Richie James, they have Slayton. Mm-hmm. The Eagles defense is first in the NFL and passing yards. Third secondary has played tremendous yep. right. throughout this entire year. So, you know, going against the, Vikings, their second worst in the league. So now going against that, if you just shut down the passing game, it's going to force the Giants to be one dimensional. And that's when that, you know, defensive line can really get in there. And I know there's been a lot said that the Eagles defensive line isn't that good, but with Jordan Davis playing, you know, he, he just clogs up the middle. Yeah, it's a different, I, I mean, he, he brings such a different a different style and it, it's really difficult to run between the tackles when when uh somebody that that big and that agile is is there to meet you um listening to uh jonathan gannon had his media uh, press conference today and he, he he talked a lot about how uh you know the eagles are very are very fortunate to have a lot of guys that that they trust in that secondary and he, he credits that to why they've been so successful so um he said it gives them a lot of a lot of freedom to move guys around. You know, we trust, we trust Reed Blankenship as we would trust, you know, CJ Gardner Johnson or, 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 uh, uh, you know, Darius Slay. Um, so the way that they can, can kind of maneuver guys around in that secondary, I think it's going to cause a lot of problems for Daniel Jones. Uh, the Eagles aren't going to let him run. They're going to be very aware. They, look, Daniel Jones is a really good athlete. He can run. We, we remember, you know, remember the game? He, he almost had that, what was it, like a 90 yard touchdown run, but he just yeah. tripped over his own feet. I mean, the guy can, he can he can move, but I just think the Eagles are, are prepared for that. Um, you know, I think I just 
when is Saquon Barkley like when was the last time he had just a huge monster, you know, 150, 180 yard game? Like I just I, I just don't think that that's really in the cards for uh for this guy coming off so many injuries right now. So I'm 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 confident. I'm really confident in the Eagles defense to to just totally neutralize it. And then I just I mean, it's so it's so difficult to stop AJ Brown, Devontae Smith. Um, you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't be shocked if if Quez Watkins gets gets involved because I do think the Eagles might take some deep shots um, early on to kind of kind of set the tone. They've done that, you know, in a couple games. Um, and then the other the other thing is kind of funny is do you think Boston do you taking Boston Scott props? Do, are you buying into the giant giant slayer Boston Scott? <laughs> no, I, I haven't even looked at any of the props for this game yet. I, I think I think you got to put something on him to score a touchdown. Like if the Eagles are up big, Sirianni's going to want him to get a touchdown just for like the comedy of it, you know. Yeah. And then Wink Wink Martindale, Giants defense coordinator today was saying. That the Boston Scott stuff happened before his time. <laughs> That's what. No, he's he's been on been on the team this year and he's had a touchdown against you already. So, um, no, it's I'm 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 very excited. What, what are you doing? Anything for the game? You uh, you going anywhere? Are you I haven't decided yet. No. Yeah. Would you Would you go to a bar? No. No. I, I don't think I would ever do it again. Nope. I just nope. don't think I, it would never be in the cards for me ever again to go to Mainly a bar because of the like sound. Yeah. I, a, a big just, game. Yeah. I, I'd rather be on a couch, even if you know, with a party, but smaller party. On yep. a couch, that's that's yep. the way to watch it. Yeah, no, agreed, one hundred percent. All right, moving into Sunday, we have a, a three o'clock game between the Bengals and the Bills. Um, the Bills are minus five at home. Uh, interesting, uh, interesting weekend for the Bills last weekend against the Dolphins. That game was not what I expected. A weird game. Just I, 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 I don't know. It was it was. I don't know if it was good or bad football, but I enjoyed watching it. And then, uh, you know, Cincinnati had to had to really claw their way to a win against um, against Tyler Huntley and the Ravens. And uh, a lot of questions about the Ravens clock management at the end of that game. Uh, they left a couple of timeouts on the table, which is a just a hardball family trade, apparently. Um, but the Bengals uh, got by and they are they are catching uh, five points here going on the road to Buffalo. Shane, what do you think about this game? So first off, I think Harbaugh's been catching a lot of slack for that. I actually think he played that well. You do not want to give the ball back to Joe Barrow. I mean, you know what he's capable of. You want to have it come down to the final play or two and win it. They would have absolutely gone for two to try and win the game right there, not take to overtime, and you beat it with you beat them without putting the ball back in Joe Burrow's hands. And, I actually yeah. don't mind the way that that game ended. I mean, it would have been nice to have a few more seconds, but you don't want to leave too much time to, to do uh, yeah. that. There's some of these quarterbacks. You saw it last year with Mahomes, between Mahomes, Allen, Burrow. These guys can score in, what was it, 13 seconds last year? You, yep. you, just, you, you can't yep. give them any time. Yep, and, and especially if they just need a field goal, then you're, I mean, you're you're really you're really tough with their timeouts. I I do think though for he he left well he took one with like eight seconds left. I think he could have taken that one. Uh, the series the well, the play before yeah. yep. that play, which I think would have made a little bit of sense for Huntley's sake. They I mean they had a bad where they have a holding call or, or they, yeah. they lost some yards somewhere, which just kind of really killed them. Um, but all in all, the Bengals played 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 you know, not great. They, they almost lost to the Ravens with, with Tyler Huntley. So, um, you know, ultimately did enough to win. Um, I think we expected that though, right? I mean, we we're both on the Ravens in that game. Well, I was at least on, on taking the points there in the, yeah. those AFC North games. I mean, those teams always play each other tight. They're always yeah. a one score game. And regardless of who was at quarterback, you just knew it was going to be a well-coached team that, um, you know, aside from a 98 yard fumble, which you can consider lucky. I mean, that stuff happens, few times a year, but that's, yeah. that's a lucky play, um, a bad play by Huntley to try and try yeah, and reach we... over from two yards out. Uh, but ultimately 
you know, they were right there and had a chance to win that game. So it, I wouldn't say, you know, I think it's something of what we expected. There's obviously some injuries in that game that that definitely uh, helped the Bengals out uh, throughout the game. And that's the offensive line that got banged up for the mm-hmm. Bengals. You know, you had so far this year, you know, the offseason, they tried to revamp this offensive line because Burrow was sacked so many times last year, yep. especially in the playoffs. So you revamp it. You end up losing Leo Collins uh, out for the season. Uh, and then the past weekend, you you lose their guard, right guard, Alex Kappa, and you also lose the left tackle, Jonah Williams. Uh, both of them are question marks whether or not they're going to be able to play throughout the rest of the series. So that's obviously, I think, the, the giant question mark looming over uh, this upcoming game against the Bills. And I think that's why you continue to see the line move in the Bills' favor. Yeah. I actually checked uh, just before we started. It's up to five and a half now. So it moved another half a point. Yep. Um, yeah, they... Right when when they lost their the left tackle, uh, Jonah, what's his name? Um, I, I said I Williams. The Ravens very well might win this game on, on that alone if if Joe Barry can't get the time. Um, so I think moving forward into this game, uh, I'm on the Bills. I, I think that I'm going to take the Bills. I'm going to lock that up, and I also lean over. Although uh, that's not going to be a lock for me, um, but I think the Bills Bills win this game big. The Bengals just, you know, they they click down the stretch much like they did last year. But I just, man, I, I haven't been as impressed by them in these playoffs and with with when you when you have offensive line issues it usually spells disaster um and i think that they're going to have some offensive line issues in this game so uh really for the, i i, I want to see i mean i want to see you know a 42 41 kind of shootout type game um but i just don't think that we're, we're going to get that i just think the bills uh and look i'm not i don't think the bills are some you know great team right now either i still think the chiefs are the class of the afc uh but but i think the bills just just have a lot going in their favor uh you know josh allen will will be able to put up points and and if they can't protect joe barrow then then it's gonna be a long day for the Bengals. so uh, you know it's it's tough to lay these points but but i will be doing it so if I um, if I were you, I would jump on it right now because I actually can. Conti- I think this line is going to continue to move uh, against yeah, the Bills. So I think yeah. this might actually be six or six and a half by kickoff because of those O line issues. That yeah, we once, once about. they once they become official, it's going to be yeah. Yeah. So yeah. so the one thing for the Bills is their star safety Micah Hyde should be back this week, so that should obviously help them lock up some of their secondary concerns. Uh, the, the one thing I found interesting. Uh, McDermott of the eight coaches left. He's the only defensive minded coach left. Do you view that as being a significant advantage for the rest of the playoffs? I haven't even thought about that. Um, you know, it, it, it probably, I, I would, I would say if I had to face Kansas city, which, which they most likely will, I, I would probably want to have be more, more concerned if I, and if I had the Buffalo bill team with Josh Allen as, you know, my quarterback, I, I would definitely want to have a coach who would be able to do something to slow down Kelsey Mahomes um, and, and the rest of that attack. So, yeah, I think, and, and again, a guy who knows Andy Reid very well. Um, so I, I think that, uh, I think that, yeah, having, having a defensive minded coach for, for that purpose, I, I think would certainly help. So you are on the bills. I am going with the Joes. Joe Barrow and Joe Public. Wow. I'm taking okay. the points in this game. Okay, I'll I'll put in now at five and a half. But like I mentioned, I I'm going to actually wait to place this because I think it's going to go up to six or six and a half uh, before kickoff. So we we talked about the offensive line concerns and that those are obviously legitimate. Cincinnati has you know we mentioned the Giants being great against the spread and the Bengals are also great against the spread. They're twelve and five against the spread this season and dating back to last year. 
they're a second half team. They've covered 21 of their last 25 second halves, and that's dating back to last postseason's run. So they continue to overachieve. I mean, no one thought they were going to take that giant step last year. And this year, even with the odds boosted against them as a coming off a Super Bowl run, they continue to cover. So even though I think the Bills will win this game, I think five and a half is a lot of points. And I think, you know, we saw what Joe Barrow could do last year without an offensive line. It's going to be very similar to what he's going to be dealing with this weekend without an offensive line. And ultimately the Bills defense, I mean, I wouldn't say that their defensive line is their strength. Since Von Miller went down, their linebacking core is their strength, not their defensive yeah. line. They don't have that one game-changing presence on the defensive line like some other teams do. So for those reasons, I'm going to take the points. I have Bills winning the game, but I have Bengals plus five and a half. Yeah, that's a good point. Joe Barrett did go to the Super Bowl, like basically being put on his ass like <laughs> every Eight other staff yeah. for, for an entire season. So uh, yeah, that's a, that's a very good point. Um, uh, yeah, I just, I, I mean, I don't know. I just remember going into last year, like I was like, oh my God, like the Bills could win this thing. Look how well the Bengals are playing. The Chiefs are playing great. I just don't, I'm not feeling that from the AFC this year. I, I, I don't know. I don't know if it's just me or it just doesn't seem like the level of play is quite where it was in the playoffs last year for the AFC at least. Do you that think could all changes this weekend? Do you think the Bengals are coming in with that underdog mentality, even though they made it out of the AFC last year because of the fact that they pretty much gave up on that game two weeks ago? You know, they didn't finish out the game and they end up losing the number two seed from it. Do you think that's going to factor in at all? I think it's motivation. Yeah, I, th- I think it's motivation. I, I just think, and 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 at this point, anytime you can you can draw any sort of motivation to, yeah. to get yourself yourself going, I think that that's that's what they're going to do. And I think. Uh, I was watching, um, I was watching, uh, I, I guess it was, it was part of the Michael Jordan documentary. What was it called? Um, the last dance, the last dance. And there's the, the part about, uh, I forget the guy's name, but they're playing, um, they're playing like Detroit and they have this rookie who, uh, who just had the game of his life and he had like 34 points or something. And after the game, uh, he allegedly said, nice game, Mike, to Michael Jordan. So Michael <laughs> Jordan goes around like telling the whole team, like, oh my God, this guy's saying nice game to me. Like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have 34 points in the first in the first half on this guy. Uh, so the next game, they're, they're playing a home and home. They go to Detroit. Uh, Jordan's all fired up, they're, like just ready to kill this guy. And he puts 36 points on him in the in the first half. So afterwards, <laughs> it came out, the guy never said, the guy was like, I never said anything to him. And Jordan was asked, and he was like, no, nah, he never said anything. Like, <laughs> but he would just find any kind of motivation possible to to get himself psyched up. So I think the Bengals are, are certainly using that. And Joe Barrow seems like that type of uh, that type of competitor where he, he will get fired up. Uh, here I am Shit. trying to talk talk myself out of my bet, but uh, but <laughs> I, you got Josh Allen on the other side. And I, I, I just think the Bills are playing a hair better right now. Shaq had a very similar story in which he, when he's gone up against uh, David Robinson for the first time, he told all the reporters that when he was a kid, he asked for David Robinson's autograph and David Robinson said no. <laughs> and uh, yeah, after the game, he admitted to it. He's like, no, I just, I just needed that to, to be, I mean, he was my hero. I needed something to be able to, oh, to psych me out. So that's funny. Yeah, that is funny. All right. Back, back to football here. All right. We have the Sunday night game, which is the Dallas Cowboys versus the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, the Niners are minus three and a half at home. I, Shane, I was thinking about this. I love Niners Cowboys. Like growing up, those were the teams. The 49ers and the Cowboys were were the Jerry Rice, the Michael Irvin, uh, the Steve Young, the Troy Aikman. Like those were the teams that I just associated the NFL with. Like it was always the Cowboys and the 49ers. Uh, so I'm really excited to see this game. Um, Cowboys obviously coming off, uh, yeah, coming off a pretty, uh, <laughs> pretty. Pretty pretty nice win against uh, Tampa Bay. wasn't 
uh, exactly much of a fight from uh from Tom Brady and then yeah the, nice uh, win on that one I I misread that game yeah. <laughs> and then yeah that was man t- t- we'll talk about Tom Brady uh, a little bit later but um and, and then the Cowboys uh I'm sorry the 49ers they 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 had a little maybe a little bit of a scare uh, uh, early on in their in their their uh, wild card game but but ultimately uh, pulled away to, to dominate and uh, advance the divisional round here so um, Seattle uh, not exactly the same caliber as Dallas will be so what are your thoughts on this game Shane Yeah I mean you mentioned a, a little bit of a scare so they were down seventeen sixteen to Seattle uh, in the first half was last that, week that was that was okay that was, yeah I knew I thought it was I, I knew it was a one point game and yeah, I couldn't so remember what what it was yeah they're down they by one down. but. The final score, 41-23. I mean, this team, even with Brock Purdy, can score at will. And I think Kyle yeah. Shanahan deserves a ton of crap for that. I think Chris McCaffrey might want to start to look at his uh, future props for Super Bowl MVP because, uh, I mean, if, if they win, is it going to Purdy? Yeah. I think it might go to McCaffrey the way yeah. he's been performing. Uh, there's really no answer to him, especially in the situations that that Shanahan is putting him in. So uh, last week I was on San Fran. That ended up being an easy win. It didn't look like it in the first half. Mm-hmm. They've now won 11 games straight and they've won those games by an average of 16.3 points. So they're not just yep. winning these games. They're blowing teams, yeah. teams out. They're playing the best football of, of any team uh, in, in the league right now. They're also 12 and six against the spread throughout this year. So not only are they winning, covering, um, but and blowing teams out. The Cowboys, on the other hand, just played one of their better games all season. You the know, best look, best game Dak Prescott played this season for sure. Dak Prescott, absolutely. Uh, I mean, you look back to that Vikings possibly game. Possibly in his career, honestly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think it was it was a perfect game plan. I, I think uh was Kellen Moore deserves a ton of credit for yep. that because he he had the the Dallas defense guessing on on every single play. Uh so this I think this is actually pretty first game against a quality defense. You look back to some of the teams that he played, you're looking at, you know, Seattle, Arizona, uh, the Rams, mm-hmm. you know, some of those games that they had the year with, and none of them were against, I think, defenses that have quality talent the way yep. you see a guy like like Micah Parsons who, who yep. can go sideline to sideline and and maybe take away some of the things that they want to run with, you know, keep up with Debo Samuel or keep up with McCaffrey when they're going in motion. So you have a guy who can, follow them around. You also have a guy who is extremely aggressive and try might try to bait Purdy into some throws downfield and digs. So a few things to keep an eye on. Uh, the other thing is the weather. So we talked about this last weekend up being a beautiful game, but the weather continues to be one like historically bad for this yeah. time of year, yep. storm after storm. So expect, I actually expect in a low scoring game. Um, I think this is really where uh, San Fran's defense, their offense doesn't try and do anything too pretty. I think they're just going to say, we have a better defense than Dallas, and we're going to let our defensive win this game. Let's not try to make any mistakes. Keep it simple. Give it to Debo. Give it to Kittle up the middle and give it to McCaffrey. Keep everything short. Don't make Purdy win the game. Make Bosa and the defense win the game. And I'm I'm all over the 49ers in this one at minus three and a half. We, we are in agreement there. Yeah, I, I just, <laughs> I mean, the cow... I, the line is is just so off, and and I don't know if you have the 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 way the bets are, are spread out. I wouldn't be shocked if the public gets on the Cowboys, um, just because you yeah, have right, a real. You're, you're uh, absolutely right. So right now, um, it's actually the opposite. So 34 percent of the bets are coming in on the Cowboys, but 58 percent of the money. Wow. Okay. Okay. Um, I I yeah. Th- that being said, I still just again, I think the talent of San Francisco is just so much better than than that of Dallas. And you have to also factor in 
Um, I wouldn't say that that the Niners have the best offensive line left because I think that's the Eagles, but they have some really good offensive linemen all on that line. There's some really good pieces there. Um, Dal, you know, Dak Prescott played a really good game, but it's Dak Prescott, and, and we have Cowboys fans now talking like, "Hey." He's here. He's back. We're Super Bowl. Here we come. And it, it just doesn't it doesn't drive with me because this is the guy who led the league in interceptions and missed like half the season. So I, I think that whereas I do think a bad game for Brock Purdy's coming, I think that happens next Sunday night or whenever they're going to play uh, at the link is when Brock Purdy's going to have his bad game. Um, I think that he can do enough. This is this is no slight on Brock Purdy, but sometimes when you have Debo Samuel and Christian McCaffrey, you just have to be a game manager. Yep. And I think he can do that. I think like, like you said, your point was, was hundred percent dead on. They're just going to say, Hey, Bosa defense, let's go. Let's get after him. Uh, let's, let's win the game on that side. And I, I just think the 49ers win this game. I just think they win the game pretty easily, honestly. Yeah, so I, I'm, I'm, I'm all over that. I'm definitely locking up that, that three and a half. And uh, I'm leaning on the, the unders 46 right now, leaning on that. But, but I think I'm, I'm, Right as of right now, just going to lock up the Niners and uh, minus yeah, three and a half. I, I will be taking the under, but I'm I'm only locking up the Niners there. Another thing I want to get your opinion on. So the Cowboys played Monday night. Uh, makes sense that they have a Sunday game instead of a Saturday game, so that mm-hmm. there's not too much of a competitive yep. disadvantage. Yep. However, Dan Quinn is currently interviewing for a head coaching position on Friday. How much of that factors into? I mean, you have six days to to game plan for a team. In that six days, you're taking one day away right? To actually be in person. Physically interviewed, right. Yeah. And I heard that's usually a six hour interview between meetings, dinners, things like that. Plus the preparation for that, because going into that interview, he's going to want to know what's the defensive contracts, which players are coming back. Uh, He's going to want to know all of that so that he sounds like he knows what he's doing for this position. So with all of that being said, I mean, how much, I guess, what are your thoughts on coaches interviewing while the season's still in progress? Yeah, I mean, the Eagles have had two guys who've, who've interviewed for jobs. I, Gannon was asked about that today, and he kind of just said no, just focusing on on uh, on the Giants. I don't think he had interviews this week as as Quinn does, especially two days before the game. But I think that you know this is to be the head head coach of an NFL team, and there's only 32 of these guys, so it, it, this is a a stressful job interview. And I also think you're watching a lot of film of the team you're interviewing for like right you have to because you have to be you have to somewhat prepared and have ideas and things like that so um yeah so i think i i think that it would be impossible for that not to take away a little bit and dan quinn is is you know i think shane steich and jonathan gannon they're two very young guys um obviously they want to be head coach in the nfl that there's no doubt about that but i also think that dan quinn's a guy who's like i, I you know i, I gotta be a head man again like I, I i know i can do it i want to i want to be a head coach i don't want to be a coordinator forever so i think that it's it's it would be almost impossible for him to just totally compartmentalize prepping for an interview. Prepping for the, you just can't do it. So I, I do think that, that that factors into it a little bit. Um, you know what else is funny today? I I, I realized something. Um, do you know how how old? Well, who do you think's older, Kyle Shanahan or Nick Sirianni? Shanahan. Oh, you, I, I thought Shanahan was like thirty six. He's forty three. Sirianni's forty one. I'm just thinking. I mean, because yeah. Shanahan had was the offensive coordinator when he was with Washington and he had all those guys underneath I, him. So he had the, um, who was it? Mc, uh, uh, McVay. Yeah, that's McVay right. McVay underneath that's him. Right. Yeah, that's true. Um, he had yeah. a, a few other guys who are now head coaches. Yeah. So that it, just yeah. because of his coaching tree, that made me think he's older. Yeah. Huh? Uh, yeah. I was, I was surprised to see that. Sirianni feels, I don't know. He just feels 
older than 41 for Tamir for some reason. So I thought that was interesting, but uh, it's going to be an awesome weekend of football. And uh, I am very excited and I'm also very confident in, in these picks. So that probably means I'm going on four. Place your bets. Joe, last week we went over Super Bowl odds uh, before the wild card weekend. They've been updated since then. Are there any that jump out to you? So we have eight teams left, as you mentioned. The Jaguars are still the longest shot at plus 3,300, uh, followed closely by the Giants at plus 2,500. And then here's where it starts to bunch together a little bit more. You have the Cowboys at plus 850, the Bengals at plus 750, the Eagles, a one seed, at plus 500, the Niners, the favorite from the NFC, at plus 450, and then the Bills, plus 330, and the Chiefs, plus 300. The value, I think, is on the Eagles at, at plus 500. And the, the reasoning is, look, the, the 49ers have been playing incredibly well. They got to come to Philly. Yes. This is a different, it's a, it's it's going to be a lot more challenging for Brock Purdy if he has to, if he has to manage a game when he's at the link, uh, most likely night game, cold, and with a chance for the Eagles to go to the Super Bowl. Um, that's going to be a very unique set of circumstances. Um, and I do think if there's, if there's any defense that really does have the, the personnel to at least, you know, slow down McCaffrey and and Samuel, I I think it is the Eagles. So I think that that's where the value is. Um, look, I, I think that I, the bills at at plus three fifty doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me because, because me personally, I just think that the chiefs are a lot better. I think the chiefs will beat them. Um, if it comes to that. So I think that's where, where the value is for me, It, it, it would be on the Eagles. I, you know, I, 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 I know a lot of people might, you know, want to say, well, you know, the Bengals, they can get by the Bills and then and then potentially beat the Chiefs if they're rolling. That that's possible. That would probably be the other one I would look at, but but I just don't think the Bengals have it. So right now it'd be it would be the Eagles there. Is it worth taking both of them? Plus five hundred the Eagles, plus three hundred for the Chiefs. That way, you know, if either of them win, you're still in the profit. Yeah, probably. I, I just don't do that stuff. Uh, see, for <laughs> me, for me, it's more about the competition of it. Like it's not about winning money or losing money. Uh, clearly, it, Oof, it's the you're it's in the, the wrong business, my friend. <laughs> it's it's the competition. It's because I'm so competitive that I, I need to have the correct winner. So for me, for me, so that, last that's, week with that's uh, the way I look at it. When we were looking at some of the Super Bowl MVPs, you mentioned Hassan Reddick as a long shot. Yep, yep. Um, the Eagles, I think that is the the most value bet on the board for the reasons that you mentioned. And you look at the what the MVP odds are, and Hertz is at plus seven hundred. So do you mm-hmm. still feel confident? Um, more confident in taking the Eagles there or because their defense is so uh, stellar at this point, um, you know, sticking with the plus 500 rather than going with the the quarterback to win the MVP. I, yeah, I, I, I just, I have a, uh, I have a hunch, just I, a feeling that if the Eagles are going to win the Super Bowl, there's going to be some kind of incredible defensive play. Um, and and Reddick would, would be the logical choice there. Um, I, I, probably would put some on Hertz right now just because, look, if the Eagles do win the Super Bowl, he's probably going to win the MVP. Uh, now, I caught Shane Christian McCaffrey at plus 1,400. Oh, yeah. You mentioned him earlier in the show as, you know, are they going to give it to Brock Purdy? I think Purdy's at, you have in front of you, is he at yeah, 700 plus or 750. Plus 750. So, you know, I think McCaffrey has a ton of value there. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I'm a homer, totally but I'm, I'm realistic too. <laughs> like, let's be honest. If the, 
I think the Niners have a very good chance of winning the Super Bowl. And you saw a game earlier in the year in which he had a passing touchdown, a receiving touchdown, and a rushing touchdown. I don't think yeah. it's right. inconceivable that Kyle Shanahan yeah. has a few more of those plays that he could draw up. Uh, you know, put the ball in your best player's hands and yep. the you know biggest spotlight. And I think Kyle Shanahan doesn't need to get too cute. I know it sounds cute having a running back throw the ball, but put the ball in your best player's hands, and and they usually do the rest. Yep. And, and and you had mentioned, you know, do you take Hurts to win the MVP or, or the Eagles? I think the 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 bet I would put in today right now, uh, my bet would be the Eagles to beat the Chiefs. So you can bet, you know, the exact result. And I would have the Eagles beating the Chiefs at plus twelve hundred. That would that would be my exact result, I think. Uh would be would be where my 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 brain would go. There there's a lot the Chiefs, I think the Chiefs w- would have a more challenging road. They're gonna, you know, they're gonna have to beat um, <laughs> a, a tricky Jacksonville team. Let's be honest, and then and then they got to beat a, uh, you know, a really good team in the, in the Bills or the Bengals. So they have a tough road, but I think they get by. And then I do think the Eagles just just the fact that they're going to be at home. And, and look, if if we're talking to you next week, and you know, we're preparing for uh, the NFC Championship game at the Link, uh, my tune is going to be, you know, the Eagles, whatever the line is, I, I'm going to have them probably covering it because of just that environment being at home um, and putting Brock Purdy in, in that kind of situation. Um, if, if that is the case or putting Dak Prescott in that situation, I mean, if, a lot of be 15 and a half points or something, they play the Cowboys, but uh, no, it'll be, you know, three because everyone loves uh, the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, but, but I do think that the Eagles and chiefs are, are, like I said, at the very beginning of the show, I, I just think they're on a collision course. I have not been impressed with a lot of the play that I've seen um, throughout the start of the playoffs. So I think that those are the two teams that uh, really jump out to me. Continuing on with some fun playoff bets, they have odds on the most pass uh, playoff passing yards, most playoff rushing yards, and most playoff receiving yards. So these get a little tricky because you have to factor in a few things, right? Which mm-hmm. team is going to win to continue to the next round? Also, there are two teams that don't play the same number of games as other teams. So there's a few different angles to to take here. Uh, for those reasons, Josh Allen is ranked number one. Number two surprised me, and I, I haven't looked at how many he had last week, but Brock Purdy is number two, followed uh, by uh, Dak Prescott. Um, so the odds, uh, Allen plus 175, mm-hmm. Purdy plus 500, Prescott plus 600, Mahomes plus 600, but he missed a game, Hertz plus 800, but he missed a game, yeah. and then Barrow plus 800, I'm not even going to talk about Daniel Jones and, and Lawrence at this yeah, point. Yeah, well, well, obviously with 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 Purdy, the whole thing is that he's you know they have him going to the Super Bowl and playing in you know yeah good point wild card divisional championship Super Bowl. So I think that that that's why. Um, but I think either either Mahomes or probably I mean Mahomes would be I think the guy that I would I, I would kind of hitch my wagon to there. Uh, although Allen, so last week I he put up uh, actually threw for a lot of yards last week, didn't he? Um, yeah, I mean, I think where my money would actually be, I think the most value is on Burrow because if you think about yeah. what would need to happen, Burrow yeah. has one game under his belt already, so he's ahead on Mahomes. If he beats Allen, he's going to put up yards in that game and then play most likely the Chiefs. So it'll probably turn out yeah. that him and Mahomes have the same number of games played, uh, even if they lose to the Chiefs. And with right. you know, with three games under his belt, I think he he could very well um, at plus eight hundred. I think those those odds are pretty decent. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. That's actually good thinking. I, I do agree with that. Um, yeah, it, it's that, that is that is that's like a mind bending bet though. Trying to <laughs> factor in, okay, like because at the end of the day, you know, Mahomes could play three games, which could be you know one more than 
one more than Barrett, one more than Allen, you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah, that, that's really, that's a tricky bet, but yeah, I, I like where we're heads at though. Moving on to most rushing yards. This one's interesting because it's Christian McCaffrey in the field. So McCaffrey's plus 175. The next closest is Pollard at plus 1,000. And I find that interesting because they play each other, right? So, um, you know, the the bet here is that the way they're they're showing it is that the 49ers are going to win this game coming up, right? And that's right. their three and a half yep. point favorites. So that makes yep. sense. Uh, the, the names right behind that is where it gets interesting because it's Isaiah Pacheco, uh, Miles Sanders and Jalen Hurts, all at plus a thousand, plus twelve hundred, respectively. Mm-hmm. Uh, all of those players have one less game played to the state, and yep. Josh Allen's not too far behind. Josh Allen's also at plus twelve hundred. Um, a few other names just to toss out there: Mixon at plus fourteen hundred, and then we get into some of the Bills running backs. So Singletary and Cook are both at plus two thousand. Now, yeah. if you think they're going to the Super Bowl, those could be a long shot bet to toss a little bit of money on. Uh, I, I, I literally almost had a heart attack on Singletary. Uh, I had him over, I think it was 46 and a half and he ended up getting like, I, I think it was eight yards and he needed seven. He got eight yards <laughs> on like literally the last play before they went into victory formation. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so I'm not going to be touching, uh, uh, Singletary. Um, God, you know, if the Cowboys are going to win though, Shane, they're going to win that game. It Pollard's going to uh, He's he's been the better of of the backs of of him and Elliott. I think he had fifteen no what do you have fifteen carries for like eighty yards um, in the game against the Bucks, which Dak was throwing the ball all over the field, so it wasn't you know crazy. But I think that the Cowboys would be wise to ride him um, if they're if they're going to beat you know if they're going to beat San Francisco. I think that that, that he's going to play a huge role. So yeah, the, maybe there's a little bit of 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 thinking along those lines, but I really don't think that that the Cowboys are going to beat the beat the Forty ers That that's kind of the the end game for me. So that, that bet is probably a stay away for me. Gotcha. And moving on to receiving yards, the, this one's interesting. So the top two players are both on the bills. You have Stefan Diggs at plus 400 and then Gabe Davis is right behind him at plus 800. Uh, also on that list, Debo Samuel plus 800, Jamar Chase plus 1800, a little bit further down the list. You have names like Kelsey and AJ Brown and Smith all at plus 1000 and uh plus uh 12,000 um I'm sorry plus 1 1000 yeah plus 1200 uh I don't know any any long shots that you think I guess it goes it goes back to your point on if you think it's going to be the the Eagles versus the Chiefs are you throwing a flyer on Devontae Smith or Goddard on, or I, I think uh, I would Juju? on AJ Brown I think I would on AJ Brown I I just think that I mean if AJ AJ Brown could realistically average 110 yards and for three games and end up with three thirty, which I, I, you know, depending on how some other things fall. Uh, but, but, you know, we know that he is absolutely, uh, you know, one of Hertz's favorite targets and probably his favorite target, honestly. Um, so I think that his, his workload is going to be going to be there. This guy is, has he played the playoffs before? Yeah. He, uh, yeah. Yeah. He, yeah yep. Okay. So this is not his first, it's not his first rodeo. Um, and, and, you know, not that he's going to have any issues anyway. He's an ex- just a very talented guy with with experience uh, to boot. Um, so yeah, I think that's where where you know I would be looking. Um, the other the other one at plus eighteen hundred, Shamar Chase. If you want to put a put a flyer on there and you say, yeah, you know they could they could get by the Bills and if they you know Chase Chase could put up you know insane numbers. Um, so that that would be another one that I would I would think about too. I think uh, uh, Chase and Brown would be the two that would jump off the page to me. What about you? Anything in there? Some long shots. I mean, I, I think it's going to actually be San Fran and the uh, Chiefs. So a name like um, Brandon Ayuk 
could be an eight. Yeah. He had 73 receiving yards in the first game. And mm-hmm. I think that the Cowboys defense specifically, they, their secondary is not set up to cover a second wide receiver. So I think you're going to have Diggs shadowing Debo as much as possible. So I think you might be able to get some of those quick slants from Ayuk if he can break one. Uh, his odds, I would expect to significantly rise going into the following week. Yeah, the talent's for sure there. Place your bets. All right, Shane. Let's hit a real quick Shane train here. I just have a couple stops for us this week. Uh, first off, Happy Valley. Uh, last week, we, we had reported that uh, Devin Carter from North Carolina State was transferring to Penn State. Uh, he had verbally committed, but nothing official. Um, so uh, West Virginia offered him more money, and he is now going to West Virginia. Uh, forget about it, though, because Penn State made a, two huge splashes in the transfer portal at wide receiver this week. Uh, Dante Cephas from Kent State, who in his uh, over the last two seasons, good for 130 catches for close to 2,000 yards. And Malik McLean, who was a former five-star from Florida State, uh, 6'4", 200 pounds. Um, you know, you now are pairing these guys with Keandre Lambert-Smith, and you have a pretty formidable uh, wide receiving core. And you're getting a new wide receiving coach. We're not sure who that is yet, although I think Franklin probably has an idea. Um, but there's a lot of a lot of reasons to be excited about Penn State. They've done a great job retaining players. I mean, you know, you lost a couple guys to the draft who you knew were going, but there have been some surprises of guys you're getting back. Obviously, you have Drew Aller in his first full season, and you have the great running backs. Shane, is now the time at plus 2,000 to jump on Penn State bet to win the national championship next season? I bet them. After the, <laughs> I, I already took them. I, I put my money on them right after the national championship. Yep. And it, you know, you look at some of the players that are being lost by some of these big programs and you see the young talent at Penn State, especially once Fashanu announced that he was coming back and playing again. I'm like, yeah, all right, now we have an experienced offensive line. Don't have with to worry young about talent. a guy coming off the blind side. Yeah, it, it just, it really, it made me confident in in that as a long shot pick. Um, so I'm, I'm all over that already. Absolutely. Can you, I, can you actually quickly explain, I guess, first, First, how the transfer portal works, and two, is there any way to bet on it? I don't think there's any way to bet on it. There are like I don't even want to call them like fantasy games, but like those kind of things where you can like like almost like trade it like players or like stocks and things like that. And I think that might get involved, but I'm really don't get too involved in that. But um, yeah, basically the the, the transfer portal has has evolved quite a bit. Uh, a lot of people think it's uh, good, bad, but it, basically just gives players the opportunity to transfer schools without having to sit out. So uh, if you're Dante Cephas, instead of having to, you know, you, you, you obviously, he's a good example, actually. Dante Cephas was actually recruited by Penn State. I mean, um, but not, you know, he was not the level of recruit that at the time that, that Penn State wanted. And I think a lot of this has to do with a lot of guys are, just aren't, you know, maybe, you know, physically, maybe they're not mature enough for whatever reason. They're just not ready for power five college football. Dante Cephas is a good example. He goes to Kent State, matures, gets bigger, faster, stronger. Now he's ready. Uh, Penn State, you know, probably kept in touch with them. And, and and so he has the opportunity to now, you know, increase his his prospects of playing in the NFL by going to, you know, a larger school with uh, more eyes on him. So the, the benefit is for, for both sides where he can just enter this, you know, transfer portal, which is literally just that you're. I mean, anyone in college athletics can just enter their, put their name in the system and then coaches can go and look and see who's there. Uh, players, they know they want, and you basically start recruiting them all over again. Uh, the difference is when guys are entering the portal, you know, right after one season ends, they're going to play next season. The recruiting window becomes so much shorter and it becomes a little bit more difficult to, uh, you know, to, 
not necessarily evaluate because you, you see the talent, but to get to know the players, you know, making sure they're a fit for your program and things like that. Um, a lot of guys, you know, use the trans like college basketball is a good example. And, and the example I'll give is, is Cameron winter who played basketball at Drexel. Um, and then now is at Penn state. So Cameron winter was not going to get drafted to the NBA, but even playing at a higher level, you're going to get more eyeballs on you for, and he's a perfect example of a guy who can make a living playing overseas. So going to Penn State would increase, you know, those chances. Damian Lee, the guy who's, you know, plays for the Phoenix Suns right now, he left Drexel for Louisville for, for that exact reason, probably a bit more of an NBA prospect. But anyway, you know, Cam Winter is going to grad school at Penn State. So, you know, he he, he can enter the, the 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 portal to let people know you're you're ready to go and then continue your education as well. Um, if you think you need, you know, you need another year of college. So um there there's that that's a very abbreviated kind of description of it. But um, the bottom line is that, that Penn State, you know, can go back and look at guys they had relationships with maybe out of high school. Now that they're, you know, more mature, more ready, they can go and kind of recruit them all over again. So um, they've had success with that. And, and I just think what they're selling to the transfer portal is this is this is the year. Like, look, look at all the guys we got to stay because everyone around here knows this is the year. And I think that all goes back to Drew Aller. And I think that they know something that maybe the rest of the nation does not know right now. And that this guy is the real deal as real as it can be. And you have a legitimate chance with this guy to go win a national championship uh, next year. Um, you know, a, a loss to a team that is, uh, yeah, I mean, I think you should beat both Michigan and Ohio state. I really think they can do that this year, but a loss to a team that is not one of those two. And if they lose both of those games, I'm going to be, uh, this will not be a happy, happy podcast uh, if, if, if that is to occur. So um, we will, we will, uh, we will get there soon, but um, things look good right now for Penn state. And I would say jump on that, you know, plus 2000, it's not going to get any better than that. All right, moving on Shane, uh, Joel Embiid had another, I don't know, 42.9 rebound. It just, whatever. It's just, it's totally nothing for him. It's just weight. Basketball is just way too easy for him. Um, so that is, uh, uh, he has 15 games this season of 35 or more points. Take a guess at every other center in the NBA, every other center combined. This includes Jokic, every other center. How many, temp, how many 35 point games do those other centers have? 30, just 35 point games. 35 point centers. games, every other center combined. And Bede's got 15. Well, there's not too many centers that are, that put up big scoring numbers, right? I mean, you think of the guys that are, that could be in the conversation. Aiton sure. isn't a huge scoring guy. Yeah. Jokic, more of a passing guy. Um, I will say, I'm going to go low. I'm going to say one. Ten. 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 Wow. Yep. So Embiid, 15. Uh, uh, everyone else, 10. Um, his his stats are absolutely off the charts this this season. Um, I, you know, I, I understand anyone that says, you know, Jason Tatum is is making a very good chance to win the MVP. The Celtics are playing very well. They had a lot of, uh, turmoil in the off season, you know, going through a, a last minute coaching change. Um, I understand Jokic, what value he brings. Uh, Luka Doncic, of course, is, you know, just a one of a kind player. Um, but I just, I, I really just, just hope MB gets an MVP this year because I mean, the guy's doing things on the offensive side of the, our offensive end of the court uh, that we just have not seen before. Um, I think he's, I read today, he's 11 games away Um from being el eligible to be included on the um, all-time uh, points per game leader list. So after those 11 games, he'll most likely be like sixth or seventh. And there's a very good chance 
there's a very good chance this guy could finish his career as the all-time leading points per game scorer in NBA history. I think Jordan has it at like 30.2 or something. I, I actually he, he could stuff. honestly get there. Because you look at some guys who evolved their game later in their career. So you get guys like Iverson, guys like Westbrook who play a certain way and once their career, you know, once they're no longer a starter, don't have the ball in their hand the entire time, they crumble and they turn into a shell of themselves and they they just drop out of the league. They don't know how to play another way. But then you also get guys like Dwight Howard and you get guys like Vince Carter who were so dominant in their prime, but those type of records will never reflect that because Dwight Howard, who used to average 30, you know, 25, 30 points a game, his his average is probably down to what, 10, 12 points? Because he's only playing five or six minutes per game now. So I'm not a yeah. huge fan of that stat. I know it, it sounds great. Um, you know, it might be something that some people want to hang on to, but um that that doesn't do it for me. I, I think really what it comes down to is some of those awards that I think Embiid cherishes, which is the MVP award. He's he's been he's been close the past few years. And being able to continue to evolve his game, the one thing that I've noticed that he he always brings something new to the table. And I used to notice this with DeMar uh, DeRozan. Like, um, he used to always bring something else to the table, one move that he just perfected over the summer. And this year, what I've noticed out of Embiid is his, he is like a little like Dirk fadeaway jumper at this mm-hmm. point, oh, yeah. where with a guy who's that tall, who can have that high of a release point to hit that shot where he's fading away off one leg, it's, it's unstoppable. You can't block it. So it's just a matter of, is is he going to hit it every game or not? His his mid range game is is absolutely incredible. Some somebody gave me a stat and and God, you mentioned DeRozan, it made me think of it. I can't remember exactly what it was or what the distance was, but it was like uh, maybe shooting percentage or, or uh, scoring rate or something inside of like whatever it was 12, 15 feet. It's like DeRozan and Beat or one and two. Yeah, um, yeah it, it, it's he's a just a very unique offensive player. Um, you know, I I, I commented last night. Yeah, well, he's very smart because he might score 50 tonight because he's taking off on the defensive end, which which he does. But then then in spurts, he makes like incredible blocks and he can he can make these just just wild plays. Um, yeah, so he he is a very unique, uh, very unique player. And yeah, he would actually fit. He would when, when he becomes eligible, he'll be seventh and it'll actually knock Iverson down to eight. So it's a. Uh, huh. Jordan and Wilt, Jordan at 30.12, Wilt at 30.7, then Elgin Baylor, Kevin Durant, LeBron James, uh, Jerry West, Allen Iverson, Bob Pettit, Oscar Robinson, and the Iceman, George Gervin, are actually in the top, top 10 uh, as of now, but Embiid will be changing that when he becomes eligible. So pretty exciting stuff. Um, last uh, last little note I have here. I don't really have a Shane Train question. I just thought it was kind of funny. Um, so Rob Thompson, uh, Philly's manager, were, it, was, it was actually funny. He did some media availability today uh, from the clubhouse and, they, and it's just boxes everywhere. Like they're packing for spring training, which terrifies me. Absolutely terrifies me that this team just got done playing and now it's time for spring training. Uh, whew, not a lot of time off, but um, you know, he, he, he made the comment. He's raring to get back. Now, uh, did, did you see the, the, you know, one of these stupid off season baseball stories about him? He was, uh, uh, I forget what it was. A website did a, um, there's some kind of computer program, which you can like run over your face to tell you how attractive you are. And it's all (laughs) about like angles and things like that. So using this program, Rob Thompson became the number two, uh, most attractive major league baseball manager. So he, somebody asked him about it actually in the, in his, his press conference. And he said, um, and he said, uh, Oh, he heard about it. And he said, he told his wife and he said (laughs) his wife's, um, his wife's cooking dinner and he says, uh, Hey, like, did you hear? And she's like, what's that? And he's like, well, I'm the second 
most handsome MLB manager. It's like official. And, uh, and he said, you're, you're very lucky. And she said, Oh, did every single other person finish tied for first? <laughs> so, <laughs> so I thought that was, uh, that was a little bit oh, funny and, um, yeah, love the guy. Uh, I don't really have a question. Just, I'm just scared of how close spring training is. Um, does that put anything into that playing such a long season, going to the world series, going to championships and then having to come right back around? Yeah. I mean, it, it does seem like just yesterday that that season wrapped oh, up it's crazy. They're packed up like their boxes everywhere. It's, it's wild. The, the good news is there's a lot of fresh faces that are coming in. So I think it's not going to be just the same team trying yes. to go out there and, and recapture Crazy. the magic. Yep. It's it's truly going to be more of, you know, welcoming some new faces. You're not going to have Harper around as much as you mm-hmm. would have expected or, or in previous years. So I think it provides some of these other guys the opportunity to really step up and be a leader. Uh, it yeah, It's a quick turnaround, but um, baseball is a long season. So um, excited to excited to get them back. And I would not not sleep on a Trey Turner uh, MVP bet. See what those odds are. Maybe get one of them in because uh, uh, he's going to hit a lot of home runs this season. I think more than uh, more than he has in the past. I think it could be a career high in home runs for him playing a lot of home games at uh, Citizens Bank Park, hitter friendly ballpark for Trey. That is the Shane Train. Place your bets. For Joe Simonera, I'm Shane Curran. That's all for today's show. Thanks for listening. Tell your friends. Remember, rate, review, subscribe, and always bet on yourself. Philly and the Over is brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network. Do you believe?